Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. If sorry. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. You know the way you know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where we, you are going, so how do we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Jesus replied, Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them and will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. Those we do here are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. All this I have spoken while still with you. But the advocate, the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all the things and remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives you. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. This is the word of the Lord. Lord, we thank you for this wonderful woman that you've given unto us. Lord, I ask that may you alone please bless her and that may you alone please speak, may you alone please speak to her that she might re- review more of your word your truth and love and grace to all of us. Even to us as we listen, O oh Lord, I ask that may our Lord please open our hearts and minds and spirits that we might be able to hear and understand everything that you're going to say to us and that we may put it into practice. I pray all this knowingly that you've answered our prayers. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Deborah. And thank you for the privilege of letting me speak to you today. Well, we've been studying the I Am messages, haven't we? This is number six in that series. They're really interesting, aren't they? Because they tell us so much about who Jesus is. Right? They tell us so much. And, you know, it establishes for us that Jesus is God. I am, right? He's alive. Look what he said in John chapter 8, verse 58. Before Abraham was born, I am. That is very serious stuff. In fact, it was so serious that the Jews were ready to stone him. Why? Because it was considered blasphemy to speak of the name of God in this way. You can read about it in Leviticus 24. Anyone who blasphemes the name of God should be stoned to death. And Jesus managed to escape. It wasn't his time yet. And it's interesting because... uh, 
I've told you about my background being brought up as a Jewish girl in New York City. Never believing in Jesus. In fact, believing not to believe in Jesus. It's so strong to this day, to this hour, to this moment. That is how the Jewish people believe, other than those who are Messianic Jews. Like myself, I believe in Jesus, of course. At any rate, it was very important for Jesus to say, I am, to say to them, I am God. Making himself equal with God, that was considered to be blasphemy by the Jews. Now, the disciples understand that something is changing in the ministry of Jesus. Things are moving along. They're not the way they were when they first met him. Things are growing more intense. Why? Because he's approaching the end of his life on earth. And it's interesting, this, this section really does begin at the end of chapter 13, where Jesus calls them my children. He says, I'm going to be leaving you soon. Where I'm going, you cannot come now, but you can come later. And of course, the impetuous Peter, no, I want to go now. I'll lay my life down for you right now. And Jesus says, calm down. <laughs> not yet. It's not time. In fact, you're going to actually deny me three times. But that, okay, he doesn't dwell on that. But the impetuous Peter is how he is. This is why when chapter 14 opens, which is in your bulletin, you can follow along or in your Bibles, Jesus' remark to them is, do not let your hearts be troubled. He said he was going away soon. You can imagine their hearts are troubled. And also, it's at the end, almost at the end of the chapter, verse 27 again, repeats that, which is why I feel free to go into some portion in the middle of the chapter as well. The kind of bookends. He says it twice. Yes, they're troubled. Jesus, this is Jesus whom they've been spending all their time with, whom they love and adore and worship, and now he says he's leaving. That's not really good news to them, is it? And then he says, well, first of all, you know the way, he says. You know the way where I'm going. Said, no, we don't. The disciples say, no, we don't know the way. At all. We don't know where you're going, so how are we going to know the way there? Now, you know, for you and me, we're looking at this and we're thinking, really now, disciples, come on. Well, we're looking from the other side of the cross, aren't we? And you know what? Did Jesus put down Thomas for asking that? No. Be encouraged. If you have a few questions for God, go ahead and ask him. I'm going to tell on myself just for a moment here. Uh, I mentioned that Jews don't believe in Jesus. And when I accepted the Lord at age 30, I had been well-trained, as I said, in not believing in him. I didn't really know anything about Jesus other than that I wasn't supposed to believe in him. 
And so when I became a believer and decided that, oh my, this is the Messiah, Jesus, I had a really hard time speaking his name. It just was in the way I was and the way I was brought up. So do you think Jesus kicked me out of the kingdom for that? Do you think he said, no, don't bother me. Don't come around. If you can't say my name, sorry. So I asked some pretty stupid questions in my life, and maybe you have too. It's okay. He knows anyway what we're thinking, doesn't he? At any rate, the disciples had questions. They didn't understand. So then Jesus' next words to them are, trust in God. Trust also in me. Trust is essential in a relationship. Trust is the basis of it. And Jesus is a master at building relationships, isn't he? He's built one with each of us who know him. And trust is at the bottom of it somehow. And he told the disciples, don't worry. You don't have to be troubled. Trust, believe. He's going to move them along in what is coming next. But they can trust him to take good care of them. Now, verse 3 in chapter 14 is really quite pivotal because Jesus says to them, if I go, I'm going to prepare a place for you. Then I'm coming back to take you to be with me. See, he's saying to them, you don't want me to go, but if I go, all of these other things can happen. It's like they're put into motion by his going. In fact, it's by his death on the cross, isn't it? That everything is put into motion. And this had to happen. His earthly life had to end in order for the heavenly life that impacts all of us to take place. And then when Jesus says that they know the way and they say, no, we don't, that is when he gives that beautiful I am statement that we're studying today. He says, you know the way. They say, no, we don't. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And there's a, there's a commentator or a commentary, my husband let me, by a man named Westcott, who was a bishop in Durham, in the 1800s. He had some very interesting things to say. And one of the things he pointed out was that what is being said by Jesus here is the way is not a method, but a person. The way is not a method, but a person. Jesus, that is the way. He is the way. So he says to them, I'm going to show you the way to heaven. I'm going to show you the way to the Father. I am the way, he says. And I want to read you Hebrews 10, 19. 
It says we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain. That is his body. You see, he had to open the way by his death. He had to leave them for that way to the Father, that way to heaven to be opened. And in fact, later in the chapter, he says, you disciples, you should be glad I'm doing this. Oh, no, they're thinking, no, we're not glad at all. But he says, later, you will understand. And they do eventually get it, and so do we. Then he says, after he's explained, I am the way, the new and living way, as Hebrews 10 says, he says, I am the truth. I am the truth. (coughs) Pardon me. You know, some of you are familiar with the farewells that are in the Old Testament. For example, in Genesis 49, you have Jacob, before he dies, praying over his sons, doesn't he? In Genesis 50, you have Joseph telling the brothers, it's my time, I'm going to die. But don't worry, because God is going to bring you out of this place, Egypt, And bring you into the promised land. And when he does, take my bones with you and bury them in the promised land. Moses, Deuteronomy 31. He's leaving to die. God has told him he must go. And he says to the Israelites, I'm going. I'm leaving you. It's my time. But Joshua will carry on. So you see, those farewells, they are saying, I have to leave, but don't worry. Don't be troubled. The next phase will now open up after I leave. That is what's happening here in a way, really, isn't it? Jesus says to them, if I go, I will ask the Father And he will send you the spirit of truth. I am the way and the truth and the life. He says, I will ask the father. He will send the spirit of truth who will be with you and who will be in you forever. You see, Jesus' earthly life was just that. It had a beginning and an end. But the life of the spirit is forever. That's why he had to go, and that's why they should be glad that so much more now was available. The Spirit's going to teach them and remind them of everything Jesus has said. The Spirit will be with them. So when you're praying and the Holy Spirit brings things to your mind, remember, Jesus had to pay the price for that to happen. He had to leave. So the Spirit would come and indwell us. What a wonderful, wonderful promise. As hard as it was for them to face, it was worth it. Well, worth it.
the Spirit is called, in this case, the Advocate, the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, the Comforter. John 14, 17, you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. That is Jesus, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. Now, he also said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. John talks a lot about life in his gospel. John chapter 1, verse 4, in him was life. In John chapter 5, it says, as the Father has life in himself, so the Son has life in himself. You see, he is the I am. There was never a time when he did not, he wasn't life itself. Then it says in chapter 10, Mark covered, I am the door. It says that he wants to bring us into the fullness of life, the abundant life. Chapter 11, Robin spoke on it last week. I am the resurrection and the life. And in this chapter, I want to quote chapter 14, verse 19 through 20. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in the Father, you are in me, and I am in you. So do you see what's happening? Our life is in union with his life. Wow, what an incredible promise. What an incredible place to live eternally. Our life totally bound up with the life of Jesus, Father, Son, and Spirit. This speaks of relationship, doesn't it? They are in relationship. The Godhead is in perfect relationship. We are now invited into this relationship. Folks, it doesn't get any better than that, does it? It doesn't get any better than that. And it's interesting because over and over in this chapter, it talks about if you love me, you will obey my commands. I believe that somehow that all fits together in our relationship. We have a relationship where we obey the Lord, but it's not, and I want to be sure to say this, it is not, you know, if you do this right, you're okay. If you don't follow this, you're going to be judged or you're wrong or you're going to be kicked out of the kingdom or something. No. You see, we love Jesus. When you love someone, you're inspired to please them, to obey them, to draw near to them. So in the kingdom understanding, at least as much as I can see at the moment, and maybe some of you can see more clearly, but that love inspires us to want to stay close to Jesus, to please him, to obey him. 
to love him in that way, to worship him in spirit and truth. That is the relationship. Those are the worshipers the father seeks. That's the relationship we want to have with him. Now, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. There's no other door. There's no other way to the Father. Mark covered that in the door message, and he mentioned our family. Some of our family, not all, have some trouble, and they're not the only ones believing that Jesus is the only way, the truth, and the life, the only way to the Father. Before I was a believer, I used to think, well, it really doesn't matter how you get into the room, just get in there. Well, you know what? It does matter. I found that out. <laughs> it does matter. But you know, there are a lot of people everywhere you look who don't think it matters. Oh, my way is just as good as your way. Well, that's not what the Bible teaches. But the fact is, that's what Jesus does say. And it cuts through a lot of rhetoric, a lot of talking, a lot of thought that people have. But we have to stand on that. And if you're somebody here today that is still struggling, perhaps in your life, is that really the way I need to go? Is that the only way? Come and talk to one of us. Come and talk to one of us. We're happy to talk to you. The other question I have to ask myself as I finished looking at this chapter, and I'm so thankful Jesus says that he wants to leave his peace with us because he wants it to be a place where we're not anxious or worried. But I thought, is that meant to only be for the future? You know, we've all heard messages, right, where we're told this is going to be in the by and by later on someday. And that is indeed true. We have a hope, a wonderful hope. There is a place for each of us. But is there anything more that we can get today, for now, for our lives today? I believe there is. I believe there is. Because you see, okay, we see through a glass darkly right now, don't we? We don't see face to face yet. But we can still walk that path with him right now. He is the way right now. He is the truth right now. The spirit is here. The Spirit is with us and in us if we know him and if we follow him. Our life is bound up with his life. And, you know, he doesn't want a static life or relationship with us. He wants to move us along, to grow in Christ, to become more like him. And that is the path we take. That is how we grow. We allow him to work his I am eternity in us. We allow him, we give him permission to change us, to mold us, to make us more like him. That is the taste we have now. Later, 
we'll have the full meal, won't we? Right now, though, let's taste and see how great and wonderful he is. Let's trust him. Let us not be troubled. Let us not be afraid, as he says. Let us have his peace, but let us enjoy his hope, his life now as well as in the future. Let's pray. Father God, we want to say thank you. Thank you for what you've done and are doing. Thank you that you were willing to go away and suffer for us, to open the way to heaven to the Father's house. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you that your resurrection life lives in us and that through your life, we can have life. We thank you. Our hearts are full of your love as we follow you and draw near to you. In Jesus' wonderful name, amen.